Welcome to Fifty Shades of Boring, my recap of the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon. I think at this point it's safe to call it more than a movie. It's actually a phenomenon. It made a gazillion bajillion dollars over the weekend, and those are firm statistics. And I am in two minds about what I saw late last night in my Ugg boots after I dropped the kids to baseball, picked them up, gave them dinner, etc., did all the mommy things, and then put on red lipstick and went to see what they're calling mommy porn. Let me tell you something. You know what mommy porn is? It's porn. That's mommy porn. And this was such a soft core experience that I'm actually thrilled that a wider audience gets exposed to a somewhat non-mainstream lifestyle. I know BDSM has become a little bit more mainstream and I want to say up front, I am not a big BDSMer. I'm not like some big dom or sub or switch, although I am a switch if you're wondering. Um, I wish, I honestly wish that I could find somebody who is willing to engage in those kind of games that I find attractive. And I guess that was the biggest problem that I had with Fifty Shades of Grey, is that the guys who are always offering to spank me and tie me up and order me around are big, fat, old guys. And that's just not attractive to me. You're not going to find a 27-year-old billionaire BDSM practitioner. Listen, if you do, call me. See if he's interested in 40-year-old MILFs. But my problem with the whole dom-sub thing, and this is really my only problem with it, is when the person tries to extend it into your regular life. I saw a meme a couple of months ago that I thought was hilarious, which was the only place that a woman likes to be ordered around is in bed. I love being told what to do in bed, but if a guy tries to tell me anything else, it's like, "Mm, I was already married and that guy loved me and I had kids with him. So if I wanted to be ordered around, told what to do, given an opinion on every fucking thing, I would still be with that guy. So that was my basic problem with Fifty Shades of Grey, was that the same problem that I have when I look on the back page of Craigslist of guys who are looking for women to dominate or engage in a dom-sub lifestyle with, is that they're looking to control every aspect of your life. And to me, that's not empowering. Like the journey that I'm on uh, as somebody who's divorcing, as somebody who's reclaiming my power, my creative voice, I really don't want a guy telling me what I can and can't do. And this was my only problem with Fifty Shades of Grey, and it reflects the problem in BDSM generally, is can we just play the game without demanding that that woman has to be submissive to your will in every area of her life. I'm sure that there are women who are into that, and I applaud those women if they find empowerment in that. I've read Story of O. I've masturbated hundreds of times to Story of O since I was a teenager, and it's a wonderful, sexy, sensual idea. For a lot of us who are 
identify as a powerful woman, it's hot to think that a man could uh, take the onus and responsibility off you for having to manage and control everything. When they call it mommy porn, I think what they're referring to is that a lot of career women, uh, American career women who have to walk around all day basically like a guy in a dress, they have to draw on their male qualities to be successful in business, and then they're going out with men who want them to be more quote-unquote female, which is quote-unquote submissive, and they're not having it. And so that's why all of these dating coaches and experts are making so much money because we are having to be retaught how to be women and men are having to be retaught on how to be men. So I think the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon is so interesting because this is one variation. In 2015, it's not so much the film doesn't uh, reflect the reality in social media and Tinder and uh, etc., but it certainly shows an element of hookup culture. Um, there's a side story in Fifty Shades of Grey. By the way, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to spoiler alert the shit out of it. So you may want to stop listening, see the movie, and then come back to me, or not see the movie and just enjoy my entertaining take on the movie instead and then watch it when it comes out on cable, which is what I would recommend. Um, stay home and watch porn. That's my takeaway on Fifty Shades of Grey. Anyway... It shows hookup culture because the lead character, Anastasia Steele, has a roommate, and that roommate hooks up with the lead male character, Christian Grey's brother, played by a young, hot actor called Luke Grimes. Actually, he's not that young. I mean, 1984, so he's over 30. But holy shit, that guy is hot. Um, anyway, I think I might have written that in my Fifty Shades notes about ten times. Wow, look at the brother. The brother is hot. Anyway, they hook up, and it kind of shows them briefly, because this this entire relationship between this Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele kind of happens in a bit of a vacuum, and there aren't a lot of other characters that come through the movie at all. But it hints at this relationship between this roommate and the Christian's brother and this hookup relationship that's kind of a much more conventional, like, well, they're hooking up, they're dating, it's not that serious, they're kind of into each other, but it's just kind of going along the way like a normal vanilla relationship is. And then there's this contrast between those dynamics and the dynamics of... BDSM are just so different to a vanilla relationship. And I would like to think that perhaps those two kinds of relationships can be blended together like the way you shuffle a pack of cards, but I don't know if that's possible. Um, certainly in the film, it depicts that you can either have one or the other. <clears throat> you don't get to have both. Christian Grey uh, says a bunch of things like, romance is not really my thing and something some people say I don't have a heart and I exercise control in all things Miss Steele and he does hold her hand a couple of times but basically he doesn't want her to touch him 
he doesn't want to take her to movies or out on dates. He's like, that's not really my thing. But he will buy her a car and fly her around in a helicopter. So it's not like there's no romance in this movie. In fact, as a modern dating woman who's attempting to get a guy to even answer my text, I would have to say that the biggest porn part of Fifty Shades of Grey is how much attention this guy gives this woman. I feel like there are two separate issues in this Fifty Shades of Grey, and one of the problems with presenting an alternative lifestyle for mainstream entertainment, uh, which I'm sure E.L. James, when she sat down and wrote this incredibly successful trilogy, she wasn't thinking this way. I really don't know how she came up with it. But one of the problems with it is to pathologize BDSM, to make it about, oh, this is what people who are fucked up are into. Because I honestly don't believe that, and that's not my experience. And in my experience, as somebody who has struggled with self-harm, as somebody who's struggled with um, intimacy and the right level of intimacy in relationships, finding kinky things to do with people whom I trust and people who understand that if you take somebody apart in the bedroom, you have to know how to put them together again has been very healing for me. And one of my problems with Fifty Shades of Grey is that ultimately it portrays Christian Grey as somebody who is damaged. Okay, he might be damaged, but that's not why he's into BDSM. Those two things might be somewhat interrelated, but it's not a cause and effect situation. And that bugged me at the end of the movie. I, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride for me, this movie. First of all, there's no sex for like the first 40 minutes. I kept writing notes on my thing. She keeps biting on her lip and sucking on his pencil. 35 minutes in, still no fucking. Uh, 10.51, still no fucking, not even a kiss. Jesus, should have stayed home and watched porn. Um, he, then he sends her first edition books of Tess of the D'Urbervilles. That was when I had my first orgasm. Could all men just send first edition books? Such a wonderful thing. Anyway, then he gets super controlling. This is the other uh, problem with this uh, relationship, is that he's really controlling. And the one thing that I don't agree with, and that's bothering me in the discourse about this movie is two things. First of all, context. You can't discuss this movie in some kind of feminist political context without discussing it as erotica. You can't politicize erotica. Aeneas Nin whose work I have also been masturbating to for a couple of decades, had to develop her own language practically to write the kind of sensual erotica that she did. And she had a very unusual lifestyle. Aeneas Nin published her erotica, much of it after her husband died. She had instructed the executors of her literary estate not to publish things that she knew were going to damage him. And I recently read an article that not only did she have a long-term affair with Henry Miller, 
But she had a complete double life. For the last 11 years of her life, she was married to Hugh on the East Coast. And on the West Coast, she had a whole other husband and a whole other obituary that appeared when she died on the West Coast. Because the only way that Anais Nin could fulfill her need for polyamory was to lead a completely double life. And God bless her. If I could have done it, I would have. Unfortunately, I have to be totally authentic and transparent. I'm a terrible liar. And those kinds of shenanigans were not for me. But one of the things that pisses me off about this discussions about this movie that I'm seeing on Facebook is don't support domestic violence and see Fifty Shades of Grey. Are you guys kidding me? Do you have any sophistication at all about that a woman's desires may not just extend to vanilla, boy on top, gentle sex? I mean, ugh, it just makes me so angry. I literally just stopped commentating on everything. I blocked everything because... It's just too annoying and I can't take it on. But that's how, when I decided, you know, I really should just do a whole podcast on this, um, which, listen, I'm not enjoying this very much. I don't really like talking by myself without having a guest. I enjoy having a guest on the show, but my guest for this week pulled out. I don't have any bagged up and I really felt like I had enough to say about these Fifty Shades of Grey. And part of it is just the annoyance at how immature the sexuality is in this country. I have to say, and I love America. It's my adopted homeland. And I don't think that things were much better in Australia. Um, But I noticed that there's, first of all, there are the Puritans who could not be more boring to me and they can all go fuck themselves, which they probably are with big rubber dildos in their own asses in the privacy of their homes. Um, this reminds me actually, there's a brilliant, uh, Peter O'Toole movie called the ruling class. And in the very first scene, a very proper magistrate judge gets on a table dressed in a tutu, if memory serves me, and indulges in autoerotic asphyxiation. And to me, that's what I always expect when I hear people who are too homophobic or too frightened of sex or whoever that idiot was recently who said yoga pants should be banned. It's like you guys are hiding something. You guys are repressing something so hard that I know that in a couple of years or months, I am going to see you with your dick in some other dude's mouth. And God bless you, because if that's what you're into, that's what you should just be into. But self-loathing takes many forms. And I guess my message is that BDSM is not one of them. Let me just interrupt myself now. Instead of interrupting the guests, I'm going to interrupt myself to say that Fifty Shades of Grey is a very well-made movie. And if you've never made a movie, then I don't think you should even be allowed to critique movies. I'm more interested on this podcast in talking about the ideas raised in Fifty Shades of Grey, but in 
terms of production value, it was gorgeous. In terms of the acting, Dakota Johnson was really, really good. And my God, what a body. That was the other thing that was in my notes continually was look at that ass, sigh. What a gorgeous body she has, sigh. Um, Oh, so sexy, so hot. Oh my God, her ass was insane. And Jamie Dornan, you know, his ass was also um, tremendous and spectacular. But I have written extensively about my ridiculous crush on Charlie Hunam and how much I wanted him to be Mr. Gray. Um, Again, not that I've read the book, but uh, I've read excerpts of it online and the writing was just not good enough for me to be able to warrant reading it. I will sit through a movie. I was hoping to sit through this and I did. I thought the movie was much better than the book because the language in the book, just from what I read, was just so bad. It was like on the level of Sweet Valley High or one of those books that uh, you read as a teen. It was just, it was terrible. It was very repetitive. and But the movie was beautifully made and beautifully done and Marsha Gay Harden could we just make 50 shades of gray with Marsha Gay Harden as Anastasia Steele and Nicholas Gage as Christian Gray I would so watch the shit out of that movie and this was another thing that was really bizarre was This Christian Grey is totally OCD, okay? Right from the beginning, he has like a Patrick Bateman kind of closet. Everything is 20 white shirts, 20 black suits, everything color coordinated, everything Mr. Perfect. And in my experience, guys who are like that, they're not very good in bed because they're weird about smells. They're weird about textures. They don't want to go down on you. They don't want you to wreck their sheets. And that was part of the thing about Fifty Shades of Grey was I was like, if I were her, I would be really worried about coming on the sheets right now. And I think one of the notes I wrote was, thank God she's not a squirter because that would ruin those thousand denier sheets. Besides the fact that this made him not believable as this incredible stud who knew how to take her to great heights of ecstasy The guys I know who are always really good in bed are kind of a little bit sloppy or at the very least, they don't have a problem with mess or uh, smells or humanity. I feel like the humanity was kind of taken out of this movie a little bit. They barely even raised a sweat. There was one scene, the last scene, where he sweated and... Um, if you watch the movie, it's basically the the scene where he finally crosses the line after all of this time spent earning her trust and trying to get her to submit to him. He finally crosses the line. And it's a very interesting, sophisticated uh, worldview that this director has. And I, I thought she did a really tremendous job. So I'm not... Um, bagging the film or anything. I mean, obviously I'm making fun of it, but that's what I do. And uh, I make fun of myself first, so I'm allowed. But the other thing that was unlikely for me was how young they were. So circling back to Marsha Gay Harden and Nicolas Cage and how much I would love to see mature people undertaking this kind of BDSM adventure, 
I just felt like, oh, first of all, she was a virgin at the beginning of the movie, which added a little twist. And it just, the sex scenes weren't that hot because they were so young. These guys were so young. He was so young. She was so young. It was like, do they really know what they're doing? <laughs> and that one line where he says, I don't make love. I fuck hard. All I could think about was the guys in their 20s who have ever fucked me hard. And you know what? They were jackhammers. It was not good sex. I think great sex comes over a long period of time and you get to know yourself and you get to feel your own energy and you know what you like and what you don't like. And in terms of the love addiction, sex addiction spectrum, I will guarantee you that Anastasia Steele is going to have a very hard time finding her next boyfriend because the level of excitement and the level of adrenaline in this relationship is so high. Another sign of how sanitized this movie is, is every time a person eats, they eat really daintily, which always annoys me in movies. And also she goes to sleep in his bed the first night um, and she's blind drunk and she wakes up and her mascara is not even smudged. And already at this point, I'm craving to watch a really filthy scene on kink.com. And I'm not saying that that site is the holy grail of BDSM, but there's some good stuff on there. I'm not so into the humiliation part of it. That's not my bend. And that is where politics kind of cross over into the erotic for me because I don't enjoy seeing a woman being humiliated. I don't enjoy seeing women slapped in the face and tortured. I enjoy a woman uh, being an exhibitionist and being shown off in like a voyeuristic kind of way. I think all of those dynamics are really interesting, but the humiliation stuff is kind of a turnoff. So, but this movie was so sanitized that it had me wishing to see a woman gagging on a cock and having mascara running down her face because at least it was real. There was something about this movie that kind of reminded me of Basic Instinct back in the day. It's like it was sexy. Those were cool sex scenes, but there was something kind of cold about it. And to me, real sex is a lot more messy. It's a lot more loud. There's a lot of very antisocial grunting and you don't hear that when it's two people in their 20s who are obviously conscious of being filmed. And again, I think they did a really good job, especially her. She's just um, so adorable and natural and brought some humor into a, something very serious. I mean, I'd love to see those Fifty Shades of Grey auditions. But to me, something about those sex scenes made me horny for real sex scenes. It was like I couldn't wait to get home and have my way with myself. But it wasn't because I was going to be thinking about the scenes I saw in the movie, which I guess is what makes a perfect date film because a guy wants to take a girl to a movie that will get her horny, but she's not going to be horny thinking about the guy she's just seen in the movie. She, he wants her to be horny for him. So in that sense, it's probably a perfect date movie. 
So let's get back to some of the notes that I was writing in the dark while I was sitting there and cackling. There was only one other couple. It was just two women watching the movie. And other than that, I was basically in an empty theater in the valley at uh, 10 o'clock at night. So it was an interesting experience. Um, First of all, it's hilarious that she works at a, (laughs) a hardware store and he shows up and stalks her. This is by far the most disturbing part of the movie because like I said the sex scenes are so vanilla it's ridiculous but um, he turns up and stalks her on a number of occasions she just turns around and he's there and I can't even stand it if a guy has called me when I told him like don't call me today I'll call you tomorrow if he even calls me I'm just like Ugh, too much I'm suffocated so in that sense I don't think he was respecting her boundaries very well even outside the whole spanking flogging thing yeah repeatedly I wrote in my notes stalker uh, tell me where you are stalker ooh gross you fucking weirdo. Dude, she said no. So fucking dumb. The best thing was, the first really romantic thing Christian Grey does is that he holds Anastasia's hair back while she throws up. Just like a chick. And there's a couple of things that he does that are super chicky. Like, um, first of all, (laughs) he plays the piano. And every time they have a sex scene, then he goes outside and he starts playing classical piano. And then she leans over the piano and she's like, it's so sad. Everything you play is so sad. And it's just beyond cheesy, but it's beyond a guilty pleasure chick flick the way that Showgirls was. I mean, it has that kind of um, camp quality, which I loved. But um, yeah, so he holds her hair back when she throws up. He plays the piano and he also braids her hair at one point. And granted, in the movie, he does have a sister. So maybe that's how he knows how to braid hair. But that's really hot. I mean, I want a guy who can braid my hair when he's not pulling it. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) This is the part that I don't like. Um, I do this with women, women who want me to. The dynamic is super fucked up. That's what I wrote. It's off. It's not a dom relationship. It's not punishment if she wants to be punished. And now she has to live with him. Da fuck. This is so dumb. BDSM is a way to have more intimacy, not less. This is bugging me. It's so dumbed down. OMG, I fucking knew she was a fucking virgin. Jesus, so stupid. And then he's extra turned on by that. Yeah, the whole thing is uh, the sex scenes, first of all, have way too much music and the music is too loud. Even if that music is Beyonce, it's still too much like a music video. And the other thing is that she's so naive about sex. Like at one point she asks him, what's a butt plug? Honey, you ever heard of Google? She comes into this situation and she's so naive. It's like, it's not believable. We're talking about the internet age here. She could have looked all this up. I mean, she could have done her research. I mean, certainly if a guy wanted me to move in with him and have a uh, sub-dom relationship and I was right out of college and allegedly she's either pursuing a doctorate in literature or she's right in that kind of graduate area Uh, She would know how to do her research and and research what a butt plug is. It's like, had this woman ever seen porn before? It was really uh, weird. The one thing that was super cute is uh, she presented her 
wrists to him to be tied by the tie. Hence the ubiquitous tie that's on the cover of all the Fifty Shades books is he does actually use those to tie her hands. And the way that the actress chose to present her, her wrists to be tied was really cute and sexy and funny and flirty. And um, I think in that way, if it helps more people see that BDSM is not some crazy way out thing um, and becomes a little bit lighter about accepting all kinds of sexual preferences, then that will be a really good thing. What I noticed towards the middle and end of this movie, though, is that because this guy is so young, I mean, he's 27, 28 years old in the movie, there's no way that he's going to understand the sophisticated dynamics of female psychology, male psychology. And in some of the later scenes, it seems like he's doing stuff to her and then he's not doing the repair afterwards, which is part of what the BDSM thing is. Uh, as I said before, you take somebody apart, you push them to their edge, and then you provide a safe containing space for that. That is the difference between uh, spanking and domestic violence. I mean, please read something. Ugh, I don't know about these people. A comedian I know also wrote on his Facebook page, he made like a joke about, oh, all this time all women wanted was to be slapped around and I was getting friend zoned for being the nice guy. And I took issue with that because I think that's a really bro mentality. This is not about a woman wanting to be slapped around. This is a very complicated preference. And if you have that preference, you have to honor it within yourself. It has nothing to do with wanting to be hurt or wanting to be damaged, which again, it's part of why I wish that these lead characters could have been a little bit older. The chauffeur in the movie, I don't know who played the chauffeur, but he was hot. That guy, I would let spank me. That guy was hot as anything. He had that presence and he was centered and he was grounded and this Christian Gray seemed just like any other finance guy which uh, is not very attractive for me he just wasn't very soulful and to me BDSM is a way to connect not to push somebody away but to connect to find more intimacy so more from my notes here we go this is cool, like that they're making BDSM more mainstream. A lot of the implements don't hurt. It's good we're seeing that. Where do you find a dom that looks like this? He has a funny expression when he sniffs her underwear. Oh, the sex is hot but brief. Jesus, the BDSM juxtaposed with the romance and dancing. It's jarring. No wonder this made 80 million. I got nauseous during the flying scene. I like my excitement on the ground. I also really like the chauffeur. And then the funny thing that happens towards the end of the movie, too, is that this Anastasia Steele starts being like, let me in and I want more of you. And to me, it's so confusing because it seems like he's already given her as much of himself as he can. And then she's pushing for more, just like a chick. It's like he took you flying. He's not dating anybody else. You have his entire unparalleled, undivided attention, even though he's allegedly running a multi-billion dollar corporation. And yet that's not enough for you. Ugh, just like a chick.
So let me sum this up here because I do feel like I've made a lot of my points and I'm very excited that I have a platform to give you all my opinions about this movie and about the state of sex in general and that is that the the sex of this movie is actually not very wild it's a little tame for my taste and opinion and what I've seen and what anybody with an internet hookup has seen although hopefully my kids haven't seen porn yet please God tell me that they're not going to see that until later oh that's a genuine genuine fear of mine I do not want uh, my kids to see that before they're ready to process what that is so uh, if there was any way I could ensure that I would but um, the actual sex scenes are not to me what the turn-on is in this movie the turn-on is more that this is a pretty woman kind of dynamic it's like he takes her he buys her clothes he buys her a car he buys her a laptop of course she does return all these towards the end of the movie but the point is that for any woman in los angeles that's hoping for a little bit more than a tinder date and a dick pic this movie is so aspirational a guy who actually wants some form of emotional commitment, a guy who is willing to put so much time and energy into you, and sure, if he has the money, he puts the money into her, but I don't think that's the porn part, at least not for me, because I'm not into money porn, and money's never been like a huge aphrodisiac for me, but the whole idea that he has a singular relationship with her that even though there have been 15 women who've stayed with him in his pleasure room that she's special that something about her makes her special to him and I think that's the porn part I think that's the part that women are lining up to see there's obviously a big confluence of factors that have made this movie such a huge hit and I wouldn't presume to know all of them but to me that's the part that made me wet was how much he wanted her and how much he was willing to pursue her without stalking because it's a fine line ladies and gentlemen and I thank you as always for listening. I'm going to finish off now and go finish myself off. And I hope that you have a spectacular day. See this movie? Don't see this movie? I've made my position clear, which was that much of the time I was just hoping not to fall asleep because it was late and I was tired and I'm clearly an old person who needs a lot more kink to keep me interested. At the same time, I really enjoyed the movie. It was kind of a guilty pleasure. So yeah, no regrets. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe. And next week I'll be back with a guest, a fabulous guest, as always. Like what you just heard? Subscribe to the MILF Code on iTunes and hear lots of fun, real, sexy talk with me, Susanna Brisk. Enjoy. Enjoy.